prepare to speak and preach or teach, uh, I always try to uh, feel after the Lord, uh, specifically when I preach, I always like for the praise team to, to stay and help me uh, because singing helps me uh, get, uh, how could I say it, I guess prepared to, to share uh, what I feel the Lord is uh, going to speak to us. One of the songs we talked about today says, uh, jumping, shouting, dancing, spinning, there's freedom. Man, and I just want to sing that for a moment. You know, for some of you, uh, the things of this world, the allurements of this world, all of the partying and the things that may go on, some of it may not have pulled you in, but there was a time in my life where on a Friday evening or Saturday evening, amen, I was putting on my best. Amen. I was getting full of the spirit, not the spirit, but another spirit. And I was going out and I was singing and I was shouting and I was spinning. I was doing all of those things. Amen. But now I have an opportunity to come into the house of the Lord and be filled with the spirit of God and to sing and to dance and to spin and feel true freedom. I'm glad that the Lord saved me. How about you? I'm glad for the power of the Holy Ghost. How about you? Amen. Let's sing to the Lord. Amen. God's going to do something great in this place today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's freedom. There's jumping, shouting, dancing, spinning, singing. There's freedom. We're jumping, shouting, dancing, spinning, singing. There's freedom. Shouting, dancing, singing, singing. There's freedom. We're jumping, shouting, dancing, spinning, singing. There's freedom. We're jumping, shouting, dancing, spinning, singing. There's freedom. I can dance because of you. I lift my hand because of you. I can sing. I am free. Sing, I am free because of you. I can dance because of you. I lift my hands because of you. I am free. I am free because of you. I can dance because of you. I lift my hands because of you. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 As I begin to sing that song today, I'm not much of a, uh, a singer, but I can remember back in the day, everybody could sing when they were full of the, their spirit. 
Everybody could dance. You may say, I can't dance. I may not be able to run around the front of this church. But you let the Holy Ghost fill you up. There is something that will happen to you. There is something that will move you and change you. Amen. And set you free. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to ask the Lord to help us. And I'm going to move quickly today. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And I believe he wants to share Amen. something with us. Give me about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And we will move quickly to the, what the Lord has to say. Lord Jesus, we love you today. I felt your presence throughout the entirety of this service. And I pray, O oh Lord, that your spirit that would move upon us. There is a power of the Holy Ghost, O oh God, that is in this place. I listened to the pastor as he spoke about the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of your spirit. I listened to that wonderful young lady that has come and talked about, Lord, being filled with your spirit and I pray that today that there are others that would be moved on by your spirit be changed and set free and delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost amen you may be seated man today our text is found in the book of Romans we will be sharing with you from uh, this wonderful book it is a topic that is a very familiar one. It is one that you have heard preached and taught from. The book itself, speaking of the book of Romans, is attributed to Paul the Apostle, who is responsible for 14 books in the New Testament. There is evidence that this book written by Paul was written sometime during his three-month stay at Corinth while on his third missionary journey. Those that he wrote to, those that were from uh, in the church that was in the city of Rome, they were the audience for this book. There were those believers that were in the city of Rome, which at that time was the largest and most important city of that day. If you have your Bible, let's let's turn to Romans chapter one. We'll just we'll read the text, then we'll just jump right in. Romans chapter one, verses sixteen and seventeen. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Today I want to talk to you about the power of the gospel. The power of of the gospel. You may be seated. As I open, I told you that this book was written by Paul, written to the church at Rome. I begin to read this morning a little bit more about Rome. Rome was more than just a city. It was more than just a place where uh, the people that Paul was, was writing to. 
Rome was the name for an entire empire. History tells us that Rome and the Romans were a ruthless and barbaric society, yet it was one that was advanced in both academics, architecture, and agricultural. They were a politically astute people, influencing governments even to this day. They were a kingdom, a nation of people that were polytheistic in their worship. It is said that all roads led to Rome. The seat of power was in the very city that Paul was writing to the church within its boundaries. It is estimated to have had a population of over four million people. It is also one of the largest Jewish populations of its time, which historians say that it had at least 11 synagogues throughout the city. During the time of this writing, history also tells us that the polytheistic religion of the Roman church or the Roman city, the Roman empire, was in a state of decay and it led many of its citizens its peoples to look toward the Jewish ideas of morality I want you to think about Rome the center of power this this nation that ruled the thin known world the people that were found within the borders of this city turned because of the things that they served and they worshiped was not giving them the answers that they needed to life. And so historians said that many of these polytheistic believers turned to the Jewish ideas of morality. Many of them did not convert to Judaism, but, but they saw something that was beneficial to their lives in this religion of one God. Some even began to live their lives according to the moral commandments under which the Jews lived at this time. The book of Rome reveals to its readers the need of salvation. It also communicates to us that salvation can only come through Jesus Christ. It deals with the issues of sin. It deals with the issues of justification by faith. It deals with the issues of sanctification. And Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It was not a religion. It was not an experience that was powerless. I want to share with you today that there is a relationship, there is an intimacy that you can have with God that has power to change your life, to make your life different, to make your life brand new, to turn you around, to cause you to walk in a lifestyle that is totally, completely different than what you are living 
right now. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It does not matter who you are in this place. Sin has had an effect on your life and it is up to you and me on what we are to do with the conditions and the effects of sin in our lives. Oftentimes we are we are quiet to the facts and to the things and the effects of sin in our life and how it is it has turned us inside out and and picked the right side of things in our lives upside down and turned them over and and the storms are brewing in our life and the the winds are blowing and and, and we sit within ourselves and we are quiet the other night uh, about 2.15 in the morning, I'm laying in my bed, and, and I hadn't been asleep that long because I took an early nap, and, and I was awake, and it took me a while to get to sleep. And as soon as, as I begin to go into that, 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 that la-la land, I begin to hear something in the background. And, and at first, I thought it was my alarm, and I thought, man, it is, it's morning time already, and I reached my, for my phone and I realized that it was not going off. And then I realized that it was the tornado sirens going off, going off. And I'm thinking, oh no, what is going on? And then I find out that there is a, it, there is a weather front that's moving through the area and it is beginning to toss things around. Across the street there was a tree that was pulled up by its very roots and thrown over to the side. That is the effects of sin in the lives of people. Now, on the inside, things are, are, are seemingly okay, but my wife, she was just sleeping away and just, and I, and I shook her and I woke it up and I went to the center closet of the house and I began to pull things out and she got up and she was like, what in the world is going on? Why are you in a panic? And I'm telling her there is a tornado somewhere in the area and I'm trying to get prepared just in case it decides to come down our road. I can go to the closet and we can be safe. You know what she did? She went back to bed. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm just listening and just waiting for something to happen. There's something when we are uh, found in the Lord, when the gospel of Jesus Christ comes into our lives, it makes a difference. And so the gospel, though, is translated and it simply means good news. Good, good news. This news, this gospel, is based on the very real truth of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I said it, it's, it's translated and it simply means good news. In a world that is saturated with news. Some of it good, most of it not so good. Some of it is real. You know what I'm going to say. And some of it is fake news. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is based on truth. 
It is based on the fact that when the fullness of time was come, that God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. It is the good news that you and I would not have to pay the price for our sin, for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. It is the good news that when we were come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. It is the good news that when the man Christ Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. It is the good news that one named Joseph went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. And he took him down and he wrapped him in linen. And he laid him in a sepulcher or in a tomb. It is the good news that upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, to the sepulcher. And they found the stone rolled away. And two men they saw standing by them in shining garments, asking them the question why seek ye the living among the dead I want to ask you a question today are you seeking life in a cemetery are you seeking life among those that are dead we are seeking something of something from somebody we are seeking life all of us it doesn't matter who you are where you come from doesn't matter how much you make how much you doesn't make it doesn't matter whether your parents are together or apart all of us are seeking for something in this life and I can tell you today that it is life it is joy it is peace it is something that we need in this world but but it is not of this world it is from beyond this world and they can't to the tomb because in Jesus they put their hope they put their confidence they put their trust there was something that that they desired and maybe in the back of their mind they, they remembered what he spoke unto them and so they came the Bible says early in the morning early in the morning seek him today while he may be found seek him early and often so that you could find him in relationship and in the power of the Holy Ghost and the Bible says that when they came they found the, the stone that was in front of the tomb rolled away and they went in some of them and but but they saw two men standing by in shining garments and these two men they said angels if you please ask them why do you seek the living among the dead. I'm going to ask you that question today. Why are you seeking life among those things that only bring death? Why are you seeking joy and peace and all of the things in this life that your heart desires? Every one of you, every one of us, including me, we're looking for something. There's something that we desire. There's something that we want. And if we are looking for it in the wrong place, we're not going to find it. And I'm just, I want to, I, I just, there's something about this spot. I want you to know that you can find life today at this church called Life Tabernacle. You can find life. You can find it in him. You can find it in the one whose name is Jesus. The one in whom they came to the tomb. They, what, see what they, they were coming to, to complete the preparation of that body that was laid in haste into that tomb. But, but when, he, when they came, he was not there. 
the angels go on and says, and they, they remind them. He says, he's not here, but he is risen. He reminded them that he spake unto them concerning his crucifixion, but also his resurrection. Paul in his writings to Rome and to the Roman church in verse 15 of that chapter, he says, so much as is in me, he says, I'm eager, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. Also, I want you to turn in your Bibles back to Romans if you have it. I want us to look at those first three verses in that chapter. If you ever have an, uh, a, a, an anchoring or a hunger for, for a book of the Bible to study, Romans is a tremendous book to read and to study and to partake of. Paul, in this first chapter, in the first verse, gives us some truths into the gospel that he was preaching. And he reminds the church at Rome, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. And here's what he says. He says, I'm separated unto the gospel of God. Point number one. He says, which was promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Point number two, he promised it. God promised that there was going to come some good news. There was going to come a Messiah that was going to be able to bring us life. Jesus came and he says, I've come that you might have life and that having it, you may have it more abundantly. And then in verse number three, he says, concerning his son, Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Three points I want to just quickly remind you Paul says that it is the gospel of God it is not something that is created by man it is not something that has come out of our own imaginations and our own understandings but it comes directly from the Lord he prophesied it to us through holy men of old he put it into his word he put it into the scriptures and now it is up to us to find it and to understand it and he says the gospel of God promised before and it has happened he said that he was going to come that he was going to bring life unto us and then verse 3 it says that good news that gospel concerning his son Jesus Christ this gospel this thing that we preach it centers around Jesus Christ it does not center around a man or a woman it does not center around a building it does not center around a, a, a some somebody's own creation or understanding but it centers around Jesus Christ and so today I want to talk to you about the gospel message it is the power of God unto salvation the truth in the gospel is that the power of God is able not only to reach us I like the song that says reaches to the highest mountain and then it flows to the lowest valley it does not matter who you are you can be in the White House or you can be in the crack house God in his mercy and his love and his kindness can reach unto you and change your life and make you brand new the gospel the power of the gospel can reach us but when it reaches us not only can it save us but it can deliver us it can reach us 
it can save us it can deliver us but then once he saved us and delivered us then he can guide us he can cause us to walk in a path that we knew not of he can cause us to to hear and understand and to know things that we have not known in the past i'm so glad that not only did god reach me not only did he save me not only did he deliver me but now he is guiding me every step of the way every day morning after morning if i will yield myself and commit myself unto him he will lead me and guide me some of us are confused and dazed and, and are going around in circles we don't know what's going on in our lives because you have not allowed god to guide you Why is there so much turmoil and trouble and confusion in my life? Lord, why do I, when I wake up in the morning, it seems, even though the sun is shining on the outside, it seems as though the clouds of darkness and depression and oppression has overcome me and I can't find my way. I want to tell you today that the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ can clear those clouds, those clouds that are full of the clouds and the thunderstorms and cause you to walk in the power of his spirit. Even when the storms of life come raging into your life, there are things that are going to happen in your life. It just, it does not matter. The scripture says that the rain what does it do? It falls on the just and the unjust. There's going to be some cloudy days in your life. There's going to be some stormy nights in your life. But when you have Jesus Christ as the center of your life, you can walk through the storm. You can get in the boat and, and you can go to the other side. And even though the winds begin to blow and the waves are, are crashing over the bow of your ship and, and you just don't know you're a little seasick and you're a little wobbly and you're, you're going back and forth, the peace of God can stand up in the middle of your life and say, peace, be still. The wind will stop blowing. The waves will stop crashing. The sun may not come back for a little while. But there's peace in the midst of the storm. If I could sing that song, I'd sing it right now. But I'm not going to mess with that. He'll reach us, save us, deliver us, and guide us. I like what Matthew says. Matthews 24 and 14. It says, and this gospel. He says, this gospel of the kingdom. He preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. The gospel of the kingdom. When you repent and you obey the gospel, you are added to the kingdom. And so I, I've covered a lot of, a, a lot of ground and, and we said the gospel is, is simply transla translated good news. And some of you may still be a little confused and you go, well, 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 what is this good news? Here is the news that I want to share with you if you have not figured it out by now that he came, he was born. The Bible says that the spirit overshadowed Mary and there was something that was conceived on the inside of us, uh, of her. And she 
bore a son and his name was Jesus. So the, the first part of that, that good news is that, that he was born. And then we read throughout the scriptures where he went throughout all of Israel and Jerusalem and all the areas around about. And he began to minister to people and he began to open up blinded eyes and unstop deaf ears. And the lame began to walk and the dumb began to talk and the dead were raised and all of those things. So not only was he born, but then he came and he ministered and he brought life to people. And he began to do miracles and signs, but he began to preach the kingdom of God but not only was he born not only did he have a life and would he minister to the people but the scripture says that when they found the place called Calvary when they came to that place it was there that they crucified him and so I want to let you know that that he came not only to bring life but he came to pay the price for your sin and mine because you see all of us are sinners there are none of us there are none that is righteous only he is righteous there's none good but God and so he came not just to present himself not only to heal and to open up blinded eyes and to unstop deaf ears but he came ultimately to pay the price for your sin and mine and the Bible says that he came to Calvary and he, he bore his cross and, and they, they laid him on that cross and they began to, to nail pound the nails into his hands and pound the nails into his feet and even before that amen the Bible says that they beat him amen upon his back and the Bible says that we with his stripes we are healed and so we can see the good news is that all of the things that we deserve in this life all of the punishment that should have been levied upon us he took upon himself because it was our sin that separated us from God it was our sin that sent him to the cross but yet even when he could have said I don't want to partake of this he said nevertheless not my will but thine will be done so the good news is, is that you don't have to pay the price for all of your sins and all of the things that you've done wrong. You don't have to pay the price for all of the heartache and pain that you feel on the inside, all of the wrong that you did to others. You don't have to pay the price if you don't want to. All you got to do is give yourself to Jesus and allow him to be that sacrifice for you. So the good news is that he was born. The good news is that he lived. The good news was that he was crucified. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there because as we read just a moment ago, they came to the tomb and they looked for him and he wasn't there. And the angels asked him, why do you seek the living among the dead? I want to tell you today, you may feel like there's no life in you there, there you may feel like there is no future you may feel like that I just want to leave this place and I want to go and end it all I don't want to even live no more maybe those words have come from your mouth and you just laid on your bed at night and said Lord I just don't want to make it I don't want to wake up in the morning I just I just want life to stop right here but let me tell you no 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 life does not have to end there for you because you can find life in Jesus Christ he came so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ there's power in the fact that he came to live there's the power in the fact that he came to die but then there's power in the fact that he rose again and because he lives I can live also I can live also 
Acts 8 and 12 says, when Philip preached the things concerning the kingdom, I'm talking about the gospel of the kingdom. When they believed the things that Philip preached they concerning the kingdom, the Bible says that the people believed and were baptized. I'm so glad I saw Victor last week go down in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved at the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow every tongue is going to confess Acts 20 and 24 says but none of these things move me Paul says neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel, it is good news. It is the power of God. It is the gospel of the kingdom. It is the gospel of the grace of God. Paul tells us it is the grace of God. I, when, I, when I read that and I contemplated it, it is a great description uh, 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 in this day and time when we look at people in their lives. And, you know, everybody wants a do-it-yourself salvation. We are in a generation where we want to do it ourselves. We don't want to hire a contractor. We want to do it ourselves. We want to YouTube it. We want to watch the video. And then we want to go do it ourselves. We don't want to go to the mechanic. We want to do it ourselves because we can do it cheaper and we think it's probably going to be easier. Right. We want to build that, 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 that place on the back of the house with the, with the awning and, and land. What do we do? We go to YouTube or we watch the DIYs or the DIY channel. What are those things? And, and we want to do it ourselves. But salvation is not that way. It is not that so. It's the only thing that will save us is by submitting ourselves and obeying God's gospel plan. Ephesians 2 and 8 says this, For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Paul says none of these things will be. But I testify gospel of grace the gospel is more than the simple fact that Jesus existed it's more history tells us that there was a, a man whose name is Jesus some count him a good man some count him as a religious leader or a rabbi some count him as an apostle but I count him Lord I count him Lord. The message of salvation and that of redemption of sinful man is found in the gospel. The gospel is and can be referred to when describing the entirety of the revealed truth of Christianity. It's not just that he came. It's not just the simple fact that he existed but it is a fact that he was born, he lived, he died, but he rose again. He came that we might have life and that we might have life more.
as I close today. There's something I, I want to admonish you if you do not know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of his resurrection, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I want you to open your, your, your mind and your heart your spirits to the truth recorded in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2 verse 14 in Romans chapter 10 we're admonished to hear in Hebrews 11 and 6 and John 3 and 36 we're, we're admonished to believe in Acts chapter 17 verse 30 and Acts 2 and 38 we're admonished to repent in Romans 10 and 10 we're admonished to confess Acts 2 and 38 we're admonished to be baptized but then we're also instructed by the word of God to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel I want you to stand today There's a lot more that I could say, but I feel here at this place, this service today, we all come from different places and different circumstances and different situations. We all have different issues. We all see things a little bit different and understand things a little bit different. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of that gospel, I'm so glad that one day I recognized my need for the Lord. Not religion. Not just going to church. And see, for some, this is, this is just, just something we do. Wake up on Sunday. We may or may not in this day put on our Sunday vests. Go to church. We check the block. We go our way. We don't think about our relationship with the Lord until trouble comes or until success comes. You see him, they get the award. First of all, I want to thank God for this award. I'm not, I'm not throwing stones. Reality is sometimes the only time we think about it. Storms are raging in our lives. But once the clouds clear, the gospel is more than that. Close your eyes for just a I want you to contemplate where you are. You can only answer these questions for yourself. First question is, are you ready to meet him? This is not doom and gloom. Not trying to make you afraid, but life is fragile. Life is fragile. 
There's no guarantee for tomorrow, young man, young woman. Are you ready to meet him? Once you've contemplated that question, if the answer is, no, I'm not. The second question is, would you like to know how to be ready? The answer is no. There's nothing else I can say. But if your answer is yes. Oh, now we can get started. So I woke up one morning and I said, Lord, I can't make it to heaven like this. I need your help. The Lord began to put people in my life that would bring me to this gospel message. Some of you today have met members of this church. You think it was for one reason? God says, I'm just trying to get your attention. I'm trying to bring you to a place where can, you can hear about the power of the gospel. One year ago, who would have known what would come out of this relationship between these two young ladies? None of you, when they first met, maybe not even imagine what the Lord would have done for her what has done for her. It's not happenstance that you've met somebody that has brought you to this place today. The power of the gospel, that's why you're here. You didn't just come, but God wants you to experience the power of the gospel. That power that'll set you free. That a power that'll change your life. That power that'll make you brand new. So I'm finished. But if you want to know him, in his death, death is repentance. Death is saying, Lord, I'm tired of doing it my way. That's the way I felt when I woke up that morning. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of doing it my way. I've tried so many ways. I've tried so many times. I've made so many promises to you. Lord, if you just help me in this situation, if you just get me out of this situation. You know what? If you say, Lord, it doesn't matter whether you get me out of this situation or not. I want to know you. That's death. I'm dying out to my own will in my own way. The power of the gospel says that when you repent and you are buried with him, this is just not a pool of water up here. This is a grave. This is a grave site. When you come here and you go down in that wonderful name of Jesus, all, everybody say all, all of your sins are washed. 
blood of Jesus is applied to your life. Reminded of the song says, I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. You can repent. You can die. You can be buried today. Buried in that wonderful name of Jesus. But not only, just like they said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is risen. You can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and become a new creature in Christ. Today, if you'd like to experience that, if you'd like to experience the power of the Holy Ghost, the repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, I invite you to these altars. I want everyone to come. I want us to just begin to lift our hands and our voices to the Lord. I want you to think about the day that the gospel message came to you, changed you, made you brand new. He picked you up, turned you around, set your feet on solid ground, made a difference in your life. I see a crimson stream of blood flowing from Emmanuel's veins. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, I pray, for all that you're doing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Flood this place, oh God, I pray. Oh, with your presence. Help us, oh God, I pray, to get a hold. Oh, Lord, gospel message. Oh, not just that you live, but Lord, that you died. And not just that you died, but that you rose again. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's power, power, wonder working power. Blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.